Hi, everybody, and welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Back in the Basement, for a second night in a row to talk about some wrestling that I have seen last night or yesterday. I guess it was in the morning, technically. I did a little, I think about 40 minutes talking about Impact Wrestling's Knockouts. Knockouts? What was it? Knockouts Knockdown, I think, was the show. Sorry. And uh, tonight, I actually quite like that show, so if you're interested, you can check that out. It ended up being a pretty fun show. Started out really slowly, but ended up uh, being really enjoyable. Oddly placed main event, but anyways, that's beside the point. But tonight, it's back to talk about the weekly offering from Ring of Honor. So yeah, just uh, finished up a long weekend here in Canada, so back to work today. And just figured I would take out some time in the evening tonight to talk about Ring of Honor. I watched and took my notes yesterday, but just couldn't find the time to get down here and record. I do try and usually put this out on Mondays, but Tuesday's better than nothing, I guess, for the few of you that stop by to check out what's going on in Ring of Honor. If you are new to the podcast, uh, I do a Saturday show with my teenage son who is obsessed with wrestling and quite a knowledgeable wrestling fan. So on that flagship show, as we like to call it, we'll talk about uh, AEW Dynamite and NXT and Impact Wrestling as well. As well, I do a trivia section where he shows how much he knows about wrestling, which is pretty insane most of the time. We'll talk about some news and rumors and stuff as well. So we'd love to have you join us for that on Saturday. We're up to episode 65 is coming up this coming Saturday. So a lot of fun for my son and I just to sit and talk about wrestling. But tonight it is what I like to call a solo mission. My son is still not watching Ring of Honor as long as it is uh, empty arenas, unless it's Taylor Rust, who he's a big fan of. He'll stop by to watch his matches. But until there are fans in the stands, he will not be watching Ring of Honor with me. So it's what I call a solo mission. And I figure that we should get into talking about the show that is Ring of Honor, episode 525. So Ian Riccoboni welcomes us, and there is a graphic already on the screen, like we don't see Riccoboni's face or anybody else's. Uh, we see a graphic on the screen right away letting us know that tonight's main event will feature the OGK. That's Matt Taven and Mike Bennett taking on the team of the Ring of Honor champion Bandito and Ray Oris. In addition, we're going to be getting a women's championship contender three-way match between Miranda Alizé, Willow, and Angelina Love. But first, we're going to get a tag team match featuring SOS, which is Moses and Khan of the Shane Taylor Promotions. They're going to take on the team of Dalton Castle and Dak Draper, who have been sort of affiliated for a while now. So no Quinn McKay to start out the show again this week. It just Riccoboni kind of doing a voiceover this week while the graphics for each match was on the screen. So the show, the lineup looks decent on paper, and we're actually going to get the ROH champion Bandito on TV, which is always a plus I find I talk about it a lot that a lot of their stars aren't on their show weekly. There's just not enough time. So it is always nice when some of the larger names are included on a show. Um, so I'm kind of looking forward to the show on paper. So let's see how it turned out. So SOS make their way to the ring as Riccoboni lets us know that each of these teams are trying to move up into the top five in the tag team rankings. So SOS are already the um, six-man tag champions along with um, Shane Taylor. So they're looking to add the tag team golds to that collection, I guess. We're quickly shown that the Briscoes are joining Riccoboni on commentary. If you're not currently watching Ring of Honor and you're just relying on me and other people to recap it for you, Ring of Honor is in love with guest announcers, guest commentators right now. So we're getting the Briscoes for this match. 
and they're actually replacing Caprice Coleman. Usually it's just an addition, but they do show us the commentary and Caprice is not there so far for this match. I, he will return later on. So we get a quick promo from earlier in the day where SOS talk about facing uh, Draper and Castle tonight. They talk about not being busy and having the time to move past Draper and Castle to the front of the line. And I think that uh, a reference to Dalton Castle is always too busy right now. So they're not too busy to do this. They say the Mile High Magnum will be in my high, mile high hell, I think he said. And when they're done with him, um, they sorry, when they're done with him, and they note that Castle's amateur ability um, in as an amateur wrestler, which he actually was, and they say Shooter's going to shoot, and they, again, they end by saying that they're not busy. So I think they sounded pretty good here. Uh, you don't get too much, right? It's a really quick promo about their current opponents. It's like a very old-school feel, like here's the guys you're going to face, cut like a 60-second promo, ready, go. Um, so... They don't really have a ton of backstory, I don't think, with Draper and Castle. So it was just kind of a quick way to insult each member or refer to them quickly. Basically imply you're tougher than they are and then sort of hopefully you're going to pass them in the rankings and there we go. So I thought the message was standard and that they delivered it well enough. But again, these the, the style of this show sort of limits the promos. You're getting less than a minute and a half to sort of get your message out. So then Dalton Castle and Dak Draper make their entrance um, exclusively using Dalton Castle's theme, uh, his baby chickens, which are actually, if you don't watch the show, I can't believe I have to explain this, but they're grown men wearing like silk boxers, white t-shirts, and masks. So they are referred to as the baby chickens because Dalton Castle is, to say the least, a very quirky, unique fellow. So this is the group that accompanies him for his matches. So all of his shenanigans and routine, is it's his entrance, basically, along with Dak Draper. So they also get a brief inset promo from earlier on today. So Castle, again, talks about his busy schedule, having them burning the candle at both ends, and they're exhausted. But they are prepared, and this new cocktail of charisma and meat will taste like poison when it hits SOS's lips so that was dalton castle draper adds saying they'll make it snappy but exciting and he thinks he'll take his shirt off now but castle tells him to save it for the ring so a couple things here dalton castle is always really busy he cuts very strange promos uses strange vocabulary i quite enjoy it uh, i find him really interesting just because he's different than everybody else so he did some of that here as well and his recent thing is about it's not just enough to wrestle and to win, but you've got to put on a show and you've got to do everything big. So that's what Draper's trying to tap into here is that he's about to, you know, take his shirt off and Castle wants him to save it for the ring, right? It's all for the ring and make make the fans sort of more entertained. And it's not just about winning. It's about looking good while you're doing it for them. So again, I, I find him quirky and interesting. That's Dalton Castle. And he seems to be going with this really busy angle that he's been doing so far quite a bit lately. Uh, I don't honestly love this pairing so far. I don't quite get the Draper and Castle connection. I don't notice any real charisma. We haven't been really offered much story as to why they are actually affiliated. Uh, it just seems kind of odd to me. Both of them can talk fairly well, but I don't find so far that they complement each other because Dalton's got to get his stuff in and then there's not much left for Draper to say. So I'm not quite sure I like the pairing, but it doesn't really matter, I guess, because they're together. So it's SOS versus Castle and Draper. And we get lots of talk from Dalton Castle before he and Draper finally get into the ring. So the Briscoes, I'm pretty sure, are legitimate chicken farmers. So before the match starts, they seem very interested in Dalton Castle's baby chickens at ringside, which I thought was really funny and a really clever touch by them before the match had even started. So Khan and Dalton Castle start out. 
Castle uses his amateur skills to take down Khan, who gets to the ropes for safety. But then Khan sort of turns the tide, takes down Castle. Castle counters, and Khan eventually runs him over with a shoulder tackle. So it was an, like, enough amateur wrestling. Now it's time to just overpower you, sort of. So we get a T-bone suplex, I think it was, by Dalton Castle, and he tags in Draper. Khan starts working Draper's arm, tags in Moses, who's the big man of this partnership, for a double suplex before they toss Castle through the ropes to the floor. So basically they're hitting this double suplex on Draper, and Castle's running in like he's going to break it up but they just use his momentum and just throw him out the other side of the ring to the floor we get a leg sweep and a basement drop kick combination by sos and they throw a castle again running in out the other side so castle pulls draper out of the corner to avoid a con attack attack sorry and draper hits a springboard back elbow castles back in with a knee drop and a standing splash for a near fall then we come back from a commercial, Dak Draper's in control of Khan with a boot and clubbing blows before grabbing Khan in a gut wrench, um, not actually suplexing him, just walking over and handing him to Dalton Castle to finish the suplex, so kind of an interesting little spot there. Draper then is keeping Khan grounded as Castle leads the chickens around the ring for some reason. Draper picks up Khan in another gut wrench and just kind of swings him around and releases him. We get a gut wrench power bomb is then escaped by Khan. It's like they went to the gut wrench one too many times, I guess. He leaps over Draper, tags in Moses. Moses obviously is a house of fire coming in at this point. He takes out Castle, then Draper, and then a second rope crossbody sort of takes both of them out. Um, there was what I called a heart attack off the second rope by Khan and Moses for two. Moses then scares the chickens away as they're trying to sort of form a wall to protect Castle on the outside. And Moses throws Castle over the barricade onto the concrete floor. And that allows them to sort of focus their attack on Dak Draper as he's alone in the ring. So he gets hit by an assisted DDT as I think it was Moses is lifting up Draper's feet. And then Khan hits the DDT. And the SOS pick up the win from that maneuver. And then Dragon Lee and Kenny King kind of out of nowhere attack SOS after the match and sort of leave them lying before taking a selfie standing over Khan. So Moses finally gets up and he challenges Lee and King for their titles and he says that they're going to be bringing body bags. Um, so I thought the match was fine but nothing great. If I'm being honest I, I probably expected something a bit better. Uh, the parts in the middle where Draper was in there he's kind of slow. He was just applying holds and then just holding people in a gut wrench a couple times. I don't think anybody really got to showcase much in this match. It was an okay opening match. I've seen everybody involved in this look better than they did here, I think. And again, Draper and Castle, just whatever I'm supposed to get from them, it's not connecting with me. They don't make sense as a team. I don't feel like there's been much attempt to explain why they're a team. Um, and the aftermatch is obviously leading to a tag title match that could be pretty good, but I'm wondering if they're placing... SOS as baby faces here because I don't think they have been but they're getting attacked by the heels and it's going to lead to a match so I don't know if I'm wrong about assuming Shane Taylor promotions are heels or if they are starting to turn face or if it's just a heel versus heel match I don't really know and again sometimes ROH through no fault of their own they simply do not have enough time to explain all of these things to me in one 50 minute show per week so I get that it just leaves me with some unanswered questions. Then we get uh, the Willow makes her entrance. I guess we're getting ready for the three-way women's match. So she makes her entrance as we cut to a promo again from her earlier in the day. This seems to be the formula today is as they're making an entrance, we sort of cut to a promo they've already recorded. So she says that this match is like a Christmas morning present. 
ROH fell into her lap and she didn't know what her future held. Now she just has to win this match and win one more match and then win more one more match after that and she could become the ROH Women's Champion. She's just a happy kid ready to go and she's going to rip open that present. So Willow's character is interesting. She's all about like positivity and just being happy and always in a good mood. And I think she she did a good job here. That came through to me at least. And it's one of these where she really believes in herself and the crowd believes in herself as well. Or sorry, believes in herself. Wow. The crowd is generally behind her as well. So it's one of these a very, very positive character, which is always interesting in wrestling because you don't get that a ton. And I think she does a pretty good job of it. And I thought this was a good, again, really brief, but solid promo. So Miranda Alizé enters next, and the Lucha Baddie tells us that she is being forced to face Angelina Love and someone whose name she's already forgotten, and she doesn't care. She doesn't know why she has to be in this match, and all she knows is that Miss Innocent has her property, she's referring to Roxy here, the champion, and she will storm through every woman in the locker room to get her hands on that little girl again and become ROH Women's Champion. So I've really come to like Miranda Alizé, and I'm liking this heel promo as well i mean it's not great for willow that her name didn't get said here but i do like it from the the heel angle of like i don't even remember your name and i don't care sort of thing she feels entitled to that championship match already she feels like she should not have to take these extra steps to get back to facing roxy refers to her as a little girl because roxy is in fact a 19 year old woman so I really like this. She is intense and angry here, and she doesn't think she should even be involved in this match. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think her delivery was really good, and her heel antics are a nice contrast to the promo we just saw with the really upbeat, positive Willow. And it turns out these are the only two women of the three that are getting a promo tonight, as Angelina Love does not get one. So this was it. And then we head into their match, which is Willow versus Angelina Love versus Miranda Alize. So the winner of this three-way will face the winner of another three-way that's happening, I think, next week or sometime later. And the winner of those two matches will face off with the winner of that match getting a shot at the championship against Roxy, if you can follow all of that. So this is the first of the three-way matches, and Caprice Coleman is back on commentary. The Briscoes are gone, but since we have to have a guest announcer or guest commentator for every match, Chelsea Green has joined them for this one. So Willow obviously being the positive babyface she is, she wants to go for the code of honor right off the bat, but neither of her heel opponents go for it, which also makes sense. Riccoboni tells us that, again, the winner of this three-way will face the winner of another, exactly what I just said, and eventually face Roxy for the title. So the heels team up on Willow right away. Willow is the larger, more powerful opponent, and she is facing two heels, so that strategy makes sense to me. But she fights them off at first. We get a basement Hurricane Rana by Alizé to Willow, but Willow responds with a clothesline and two suplexes before Angelina Love sneaks in for a Russian leg sweep on Willow. So Love's in control of Willow in the corner. Alizé joins in, and they slam Willow repeatedly into the turnbuckles. We get more double teaming of Willow by the heels leading into a commercial break. We come back from the break and Willow counters a double suplex into a double DDT and all three women are down. We now see that Mandy Leone is at ringside to encourage, possibly interfere, on behalf of Angelina Love. But Willow right now is dominating both of the other women. She stacks them in the corner, hits a running corner splash and a missile drop kick to Alizé for a two count. Love sends Willow to the floor, tries to pin Alizé, who's still down, and at their heel alliance is broken, and they start to exchange strikes in the middle of the ring now. 
back elbow by Angelina Love into a head scissors until Willow hits what was unfortunately a really weak-looking kick to Angelina and then dumps Love and Alizé to the floor. Willow hits a missile drop kick from the apron to both of her opponents on the floor. Alizé then claws Willow's face and bites her hand to sort of stop the onslaught, and then she dives onto both women out on the floor. Jawbreaker by Angelina Love, and she sends Alizé to the floor before hitting a crossbody to both opponents on the outside. Alizé climbs onto the apron, and Love's le- Love leaves Willow long enough to hit the Botox injection to kick Alizé off the apron to the floor, but Willow takes that opportunity. She capitalizes on Love losing focus just for a second and sort of rolls her and stacks her up for the pinfall and the win. So obviously Willow is ecstatic and celebrating as the two heels look on in disappointment and frustration. So I quite enjoyed this match. I think it was a very good TV match. Uh, and it really helps ROH further showcase their relatively new women's division. It's just coming back. It's their first champion is Roxy right now. Uh, so I think this is a nice little showcase for three of the women in that division. So Alize, I think, is a really good heel performer. And Willow is a really strong babyface. So that dynamic worked really well in this match. They had a nice steady pace to it. And they told like a straightforward story. And I don't always like sometimes when you say straightforward, it's can perceived as a negative I don't think it really is like things made sense I mean in some cases it might be negative it's not here so this was an effective story you have the heels teaming up on the powerhouse early that makes sense then they turn on each other which also makes sense and it kind of their miscommunication leads to a surprise babyface win so a pretty straightforward match that I think was really well done so I doubt that Willow will end up facing Roxy at the end of the day because that would put two major baby faces against each other and I don't know if that's the best idea for a championship match but it was nice that she did pick up a win here I think it's a smart way to get her a win so I quite like this match I thought it was much more entertaining than the tag team opener that we saw so then we transition to the main event and that is the OGK Bennett and Taven taking on Bandito and Ray Oris. So again, we go back to the inset promos, um, and they're talking about being excited about this match as both fans and competitors. This is, sorry, OGK speaking first. They say a win would catapult them to tag team gold. They respect their opponents, but and they both have an interest in Bandito's world title, but for now, they are focused on the tag titles, and they are the OGK. So two veterans, solid promo. I still... As you know, if you listen to this show, it's I've said it a lot. I just don't believe these guys as respectful baby faces. They're not much that's likable about them, in my opinion. So I, whenever they're doing this face thing and, oh, we respect you guys and we're just, you know, we're just honest dudes coming after the titles and whatnot, I just don't find it believable. A lot like Cody Rhodes in AEW, I have a hard time getting behind them until they go back to being full heel. Um which they may. So they did a good job of making their intentions known in this promo. I guess it's kind of my own little pet peeve that I don't think they're baby faces. I don't think they pull it off very well. So I'm waiting for the heel turn and then I'll probably love them. But for now, not a big fan. So Bandito and Ray Oris make their entrance and they get a little promo as well. Oris does most of the talking here. He says he knows Taven and Bennett are tight, but he and Bandito are even closer and they are the baddest team too. Bandito adds that the champion is coming for everything. So I don't know if he's implying they're sort of after the tag team titles as well, but that would be fine by me. Add more teams into that mix. So this promo by these two guys, nothing special. Oris spoke for the majority of it, and he didn't really say anything of note. They were just kind of following the formula of the show and saying something quick about their opponents before the match happens. So the match does then happen. 
And it's Mike Bennett and Ray Orris starting out with holds and counters. They work for a while to no advantage, and then they shake hands and tag out to their partners. So it's a very cooperative endeavor so far. We get a lucha arm drag by Taven, but a kick and a hurricane rana by Bandito. Lots of rope running by both men, leading to a drop kick by Taven as we go into a commercial. Back from the commercial, we get a backpack stunner that's escaped by Bandito, but he gets a super kick and then a spear from the OGK. We get a brain buster by Bennett for a two count before he starts to attack Bandito's leg. Taven tags in and continues to target Bandito's leg and OGK and are now isolating Bandito in their corner. We get a forearm and a missile drop kick from the OGK for a two count. Inseguri and a purple thunder bomb by Matt Taven for two. And then I noticed like they're, you could hear them because there's no fans in the arena. OGK are talking to the referee and it doesn't sound like babyface talk. It's like, we, you know, we like you, but you got to make the right sort of thing. Anyways, again, I, I didn't come across as babyface to me. But I, I've beaten that dead horse many times. Spinebuster by Bennett, but Taven misses a moonsault, which allows Bandito to DDT one member of OGK. Well, sort of, I guess it's like a pendulum or tornado DDT, so he kicks the other one on the way by. We get a tag to Ray Horus. He's on fire with kicks and a leg drop. Bennett then posts himself as uh, Horus moves out of the way, so he gets kicked in the head, and then Horus hits a Spanish fly, which is, always looks good. Horus tags out before diving onto Bennett on the floor, and Bandito hits a Torneo to Taven in the ring for a two-count. Taven is then double-teamed, leading to Bandito hitting an X-factor, X-Factor to his own partner onto Taven before Bandito then hits a standing shooting star, which is a pretty cool combination. That gets a near fall as well. Then we get just the tip knee strike by Matt Taven, and uh, to sorry, any tags in Mike Bennett. Spike pile driver by OGK, but Ray Oris pushes Taven onto the pinfall to break it up. So the action's really picked up here. Oris hits a forearm to Bennett. Taven hits a spinning heel kick to Oris. Bandito hits Taven with a super kick, and Bennett hits Bandito with a discus elbow, and all four men are down in the ring now. Bennett gets low bridged a little bit later to the floor, and Bandito hits him with a Fosbury flop after uh, Ray Oris had made a blind tag. So Taven dives onto Bandito as Oris puts Bennett in a stretching submission in the ring. Bennett breaks free. OGK hit a backpack stunner running boot combination to pin Ray Oris and pick up the win in the main event of this show last night, two nights ago, whenever it aired. So OGK, again, being the baby faces they are, they help their opponents up and shake hands after the match. So I actually thought... and. I know I'm hard on OGK sometimes, but in ring, I, I don't have too many issues with them. So I thought this was a really fun tag team match that saw lots of uh, pretty good action, especially down the stretch. There was some some really fast work um, near the end of this. So OGK seemed like heels in this. Again, they had issues with the ref. They were doing a lot of talking throughout the match. So I figured Oris would take the fall in this match. That doesn't surprise me. But not before everybody involved got to showcase themselves in what I thought was a pretty fast-paced quality main event. Despite my thoughts on OGK, they looked good here, and they, if they're really focused on the tag team division as they say they are, they add a quality team to that division, and they picked up a quality win here to put on their resume if that's the, the division they're continuing to focus on. So my overall thoughts on this show, it seemed to be largely focused on getting the tag team division further established. So you've got SOS and OGK both determined to move up the tag ranks um, from the results of this show, and commentary drew our attention to it. Even Bandito sort of dropped a hint that they're coming after all the gold sort of thing, 
Um, and SOS looks like they're entering into a program or at least a match with the tag champs. So that seemed like one of the focus. They sort of bookended the show with a tag team division on this episode. And I have no problem with that. It's just something I kind of noticed along the way. So the opening match, which was um, SOS against Castle and Dak Draper, I thought it was a little bit lackluster. Didn't seem to showcase Moses and Khan quite as much as they have in the past because I've been pretty impressed with those guys. And I think I don't think they're the most experienced wrestlers in the world, but I didn't think they looked as good as they have at some points I've seen them. And again, the pairing of Castle and Draper doesn't seem to make sense to me at this point. I thought the main event tag match was much more entertaining, a lot more pace to it. And I was glad to see Bandito on TV, obviously. But to nitpick, I thought he could have looked a bit more dominant because he's the reigning champion. And he played like the baby face in peril for a good chunk of that match and actually had to make the hot tag um, to his partner. So that might not have been my favorite choice. But again, that is definitely nitpicking. So in between those two tag team matches, I thought we got um, a very good three-way women's match that Willow got to pick up a big win in advance to face the winner of the next one. Um... So I thought that match was very enjoyable as well and a nice showcase for that division. So none of the promos were outstanding, to be honest, but that's because they're all the same formula and they're all really short, so nothing's really going to stand out too much at that point. But none of them were awful either. So it's just like you quickly acknowledge your opponent for the night and then you move on. So overall, I thought this was a pretty good episode of ROH. It felt like a very solid B to me. Like there was nothing outstanding that I would tell you to race out and see, but there was nothing to really avoid either. I mean, I didn't love the opener, but I don't think it was a bad match necessarily. So I thought it was a pretty entertaining show overall, and I'm going to give it a good B rating, which up here in Canada works out to about a 75%, 7.5 out of 10, if you will. So that's what I'm thinking about Ring of Honor episode 525, and that's going to wrap up the podcast for tonight. Uh, again, I like to thank anyone that spends any time listening to myself or myself and my son talk about wrestling within their week. It's just something we enjoy doing now. It's just kind of become a habit. I come down here and talk about wrestling. Some people listen to it. If they share it, pass it along, that would be great because I don't really do anything to promote this podcast. It's just kind of the lo small loyal following we have and hopefully word of mouth or something else. So if you want to share this with somebody, that'd be great. You can like us, subscribe, whatever you need to do. You could also contact us, fnswrestling at gmail.com, fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram, or leave a comment in YouTube. I promise I will get back to you. At this point, I get back to anybody that leaves any comments anywhere. So I look forward to hearing from you. And we will definitely be back on Saturday with episode 65 of our flagship show. So I hope to see you all there. And until then, take care. <laughs>